On this episode of Connecting Creators, we're going to be talking with Ulysses Osuna, who's the founder and CEO of Influencer Press, and he's actually one of the, our first clients at Temple Mo Productions. In the episode, we're going to be talking with him everything from his journey as an entrepreneur, growing a team, some of the struggles that he's faced and how he's overcome them, and really how to embrace change and love your life. And with that being said, let's just get right into it. What is up, everybody? We are back with the Connecting Creators podcast, and we got the one and only Ulysses Osuna. Ulysses is a PR legend. Um, we've known each other for like the last two, three years. Pretty yep. much when I first started working with Gerard, we started DMing and have kept in touch the entire time. Ulysses is a hard worker, he's great at team building. Uh, and yeah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate of course. It. It's dope to have you here. Usually, uh, when we do podcasts with Ulysses, we're behind the camera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> someone else is talking to you who's more qualified than we are, and we're just doing what we're used to. But today, we want to, you know, talk a little bit about social media stuff, um, PR, and see if there's stuff that can help you guys out there, or, you know, just have a conversation so so first off explain uh more of an overview of what you do and like the value of pr to the people that don't understand yeah for sure um so kind of like what we do is like we we really help people kind of get out there um and like really solidify their brand and stuff um and the reason why that's super powerful is because if you don't do that then just people automatically won't give you that time of day right and when people don't do that um it's just kind of harder to kind of just succeed in life, right? When people kind of shut the door on you and stuff like that. So um, I'm a big believer in making life a lot easier than it has to be. Um, I, I work hard at times when I need to, but if I could, man, I'd be lazy all day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, essentially, like, that's what we help our, our clients do, right? Like, whether it's sales, whether it's marketing, whatever it is, it makes their job easier because they no longer have to sell to the individual. It's like, hey, you know exactly what I do. Like, we've done it for many people before, yada, 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 and they sell themselves. So, and aside from like, you can also just leverage PR to do super dope things like the uh, house that the last event was in. You got to live in for free. Yeah. Yep. From leveraging PR, like this house super, too. This house too. Yep. This house too. Man. Wow. Is so. there like a connection with the owners of the property, or just si- separately you reached um, out and got in communication with? Yeah, them? just separately. So like you know, just finding people that I see do luxury real estate, yeah. or people that. Um, you know, the, the people that live in the actual house, just contact them. Like everybody wants PR, right? It's, it's almost very natural. And everybody thinks you need to have like the big accounts to actually do that, but you don't. And if you get the big accounts, you actually can't do any of that stuff. So you need the smaller accounts that people don't really have, uh, that people have, can get access to, but just don't know how. I mean, and, and if, you, if you can offer that, like they're all in, right? Mm-hmm. They don't lose anything off uh, of yeah, it. They yeah. gain it. And we don't have to spend thousands just for this house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And I mean, the place is sick. Beautiful. beautiful yeah view, probably one of the best views of los angeles yeah so go back to the people that don't know like how did you get into pr from the very beginning or like the entrepreneurship in general when did that happen for you yeah so it happened like four four or five years ago um i was just i was literally just chilling on my like laptop watching youtube and then i saw an ad and everybody usually sees these ads nowadays but before then it wasn't really as popular um and i saw the ad and basically told me like hey you look over my shoulder uh, you're going to become a multimillionaire, right? And at the time, I was like 17, so I'm like, yeah, right. 
but fuck it. I, I looked over his shoulder and I'm like, dude, how do you do this shit? So after that, I kind of noticed that like he had a, he had like a high ticket offer. I couldn't afford it, right? Was but, this Neil Patel? Or no, was it wasn't. Oh, okay. um, I got to Neil Patel afterwards, but this dude, I didn't really know who he was. He just kind of introduced me to that world. Mm-hmm. Once I started doing my research because I couldn't pay for him, that's when I found Neil. Yeah. Um, and we're actually supposed to meet him this yeah, week. Yeah, that's why I was br- bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. So um, hopefully we get to see him this week. You know, he has uh, right now, he has a speech on Saturday. So his mm-hmm. voice is kind of scratchy. Mm-hmm. So he didn't want to meet up tonight tonight because he's going to have to talk. Everybody's going to talk to him. Right, yeah. Uh, but he's a really chill, like, chill dude. So mm-hmm. cool. So you're chilling on your couch and then you got into PR from just like seeing that ad and then uh, kind of figured it out from learning from other people and then you you eventually developed it into influencer press right right, right. yeah um i mean i got once i got into it i just kind of like fell in love because it kind of aligns with everything that i want one you get automatic respect uh-huh. right and you get a different level of respect that you just don't get anywhere else really it's like when somebody appreciates your work but not because it's your work but it's because they're aligning it with somebody else you know um, so it's like if I were to work with like, like Gerard or, or Neil or anything like that, they just automatically associate you yeah. with like, Hey, you know, so fucking nice to meet you. You uh-huh. know, like here, let me get you a, a drink, glass yeah. of water, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I mean, I got into PR. I, I, I was writing for these publications already. So once I kind of got into it, it was just very easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you start writing for the publications? Cause you were, how old were you when you started writing? For them? I, I was 19, 19 when I started writing for them. Yeah. So the way that I got into writing for him is I was already I was working for some higher level people already mm-hmm. like Neil Patel. Yeah. So when I was doing that, again they associated me with like Neil, so yeah. they kind of just gave me the uh-huh. platform. Gotcha. Yeah. That's super sick. Yeah. And did you like was writing like a passion of yours, or no. did you just see it as an outlet of like okay I see success this way? Like an avenue to make your goals happen. Um. Well, I wrote every day, but I didn't write for the, like I didn't love writing. I just wrote because I, it was a thing of mine to, like, write in a journal. Oh, yeah, like journaling. Right? Yeah. yeah, journaling. I love journaling. You know, yeah. it's like at the end of the day, you kind of, like, just relax. You write down exactly decompress, what Decompress, you know. And that's that's one way to decompress, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, we're here at the, at the Mastermind. Austin's way of decompressing is a hot tub. Yeah. So every time he, he does work, he goes to the hot tub, and the uh. hot tub de-stresses him. Um, and he kind of resets his body for, like, the next day. So, like, that's one of my ways that I... Is that why they're putting in one at his house? Exactly. (laughs) Yep. Like, he loves hot tubs. Uh, Like, right now, like, if you could tell, he was, like, on the... He was was on the system, like, just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, I mean, he he even went in, and it's cold. Yeah. But... He doesn't even care. I know. So, um, PR and getting verified on Instagram kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. And that's kind of, like, the... I feel like a big question that a lot of small creators or creators in general, like... How do I get Instagram, you know? And, like, (laughs) it's one of those things that, like, I've seen big pages that just can't get verified. I've seen people get unverified once they've been verified. Uh What is, like, a little bit of your experience with verification? And if someone is, like, you know, not an A-list celebrity and they want to take the steps towards, you know, accomplishing that goal, what would they need to do? So that's a great question. Um, I get hit up about like verification all the time. I bet. Right? Like that's the one thing that people want. And the only reason they really want it is because it's just a blue check. Like it's very hard to get. Uh-huh. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't get you anything else except other than like through the door cloud, in most right. places. Yeah, yeah cloud. cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but the hell with it. It's worth it, right? Mm-hmm. So the way that you kind of do that is like you just have to be perceived as like a public figure. That's it. 
the other person on the other end, if it's not a software, if it's a person verifying you, you just have to make them believe like, hey, I'm legit, right? I work with high-level people. I'm an influencer, whatever it is. And if they believe that, and if you can showcase that, then they're going to verify you, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the ways to do that is to press. If somebody else states that you're amazing, it's a lot more credible. It's like, for example, like if if we were to walk in, like let's say this mastermind, right? Um, And you didn't know who I was, but yet Austin, the person that's hosting it, introduces me. Then it's like that that level of like perceivability, right? Mm-hmm, totally. um, and that alone like is very very powerful because that first impression matters, right? Tons and tons of businesses are losing out on money because of first impressions. Oh, dude, that's, that's what, what we talk is. about yeah, all the time. We deal with that a lot too, just because people are running ads on a crappy video. It's like that yeah. video that you're targeting to hit this audience. This is their first impression of your business. Uh-huh. Yeah, so on that's our- why it's so important to do it right because you can ruin your re- reputation to that, you know, clientele or that yeah. audience by putting out some mm-hmm. bad videos. On the first podcast that we did of this, we talked a little bit about how, like, when we were in middle school or high school, our teachers and parents would be like, "Watch what you put on- online because yeah. it's going to be there forever." True. And that's like everyone understands that with their personal lives you know they're like don't post pictures of them drinking or smoking or whatever on facebook but they go to their business and post a crappy video made by this dude down the street that does a hundred dollar videos and then they it's like there forever you know like that's going to be online and it's representing their business like some some people are going to be landing on that video and that's all they're going to see of the business and it's going to give them a first impression and it's like a bad taste in their mouth that's going to be hard to get out. Yeah, they're going to correlate that video with you, whether it's whether it's true or not, right? Uh, I mean, and that's one of the reasons why, like, you guys are the main guys that I invest in, like, all the time when I have a podcast, when I have a video, whatever it is, because I understand that, you know, mm-hmm. I'm in yeah. that same game. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I wasn't, then, you know, I probably wouldn't know, but, right, like, yeah. I understand, like, video is super important and you need high-quality people like Temple Mill to make that you know, positioning, it's perception. Yeah. So, um, aside from, you know, all this branding, business talk, whatever, how do you juggle, you know, your personal life? So things like family, you know, relationships, (laughs) friends with, you know, running a business. Um, it's honestly, it's been really, really kind of like beneficial to kind of go through that Mm -hmm. because you understand that like there has to kind of be a barrier and a boundary. Um, it's hard to manage. It's hard to manage when you don't know what the next steps are, right? And so many businesses are in that stage. Uh-huh. I don't know how to like. I don't know how to grow. I don't know how to keep myself if I do grow, not to do all the work. And um, so Austin has helped me out a lot with that. Um, and I've also realized like when you do hire friends, it's just very important that everybody kind of knows their strategy. Oh, we got a fourth. Guy I know that was scary. Podcast. I thought I thought he was literally thought he was gonna like, come I'm over sorry here. We don't have an extra mic for you, but you have anything to say? Nope. All right. Camera shy. <laughs> All right. What were you saying? Um, uh, basically, like when you have friends, you know, you kind of have to essentially really talk about like the boundaries, yeah. and who does what and when. Uh huh. Because um, when that doesn't happen, then it's it's love to hold each other accountable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because if you don't discipline each other, then the world will do it for you. It's something that Mike and I kind of like. Uh, did a few weeks ago is kind of like come to the agreement at least for the short term that yeah. I was going to focus more on like operation stuff like uh, and then Mike would handle some of the editing the for editing, now technician like stuff. technician stuff and more of a creative overview of the videos that we put out and so like for 
the past few weeks I haven't really been editing any videos and so I've been putting more of the emphasis on the systems but it's like allowed us to start making some moves in different directions but it's been weird like because up until that point it's been like Mike and I just yeah. you know like day to day it's been like okay uh, I'll do this you do that uh, and then it like changes the next day and it's like uh, so it's like it's it's cool to be able to make some progress and like that but it's like we had to talk about that you know yeah. like, I think another big thing too is just like setting I mean I guess like not having expectations because if I have this expectation in my head that Truman's gonna do something and I didn't communicate that with him he doesn't right. know that I have that yeah. expectation he doesn't do it I get mad he doesn't know I'm mad and it's because of a unclear expectation yeah. and so that's something that we've learned work, working with clients is like the same thing goes is you know, they have expectations, we have expectations. And so if they don't know what our expectations are of them, then how are uh -huh. they supposed yeah. to do it? And yeah. likewise. And it's, yeah, clearing up, uh, like not assuming that each other, each party knows expectations, but all getting on the same page of what those expectations are. And that's been huge for us. Because As we've gotten better at it, it's just like our, you know, machine is just running more fluidly. Yeah. Because, like, we struggled with, you know, going into business. We didn't really know much what we were doing. We were just like, well, let's just sell video. Yeah. It was the just do video. The but it, that's so broad, especially uh, yeah. in, like, such a big niche that it's like, if it's just like, I want to make videos. <laughs> Dude, there's so many people to make videos for. What does that mean? Disney Channel? You want to go make Instagram? Netflix, Whatever, bro. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, but yeah, when we started, it was a classic example of in the E-Myth. I don't know if you read the book, um, Michael Gerber. No. But he talks about how, like, tech people that are, like, creative or just technician roles of, like, he used the example of someone who is really good at making cupcakes. And then they get to the point where they're like, I, I think I could do this for myself, you know. I'm, like, outgrowing this position. Yep. And, I like, I want to have a business making cupcakes. I'm the best at it. I can do it. You know, I'm going to thrive. And even everyone else says, like, yeah, your cup cupcakes are amazing. But uh, then they get into business and realize, like, cu making cupcakes is, like, 20% of the yeah. thing. Like, and so uh, you've probably experienced I that, too. I feel that too. so hard. And, like, so when we were making videos, it's like, oh, <laughs> we have to, like, have systems in place and processes. We got to have, like... Uh, like accounting and all this stuff. We got to be able to do sales now. Like, especially as you're videos. accepting more videos to more clients, it's like if you don't have systems, it gets so overwhelming. Yeah. Of just like, you know, like this, like 20 videos at a time. It's like, where do you even start when uh -huh. you look at, okay, I have, I've shot 20 videos and I've got hundreds of gigs of footage sitting in front of me. Now I'm supposed to snap my fingers and turn these into a beautiful uh, video for, you know, a client. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. And when we were with Gerard, it, a lot of it was, uh, like, just making it up as we go. And even, like, that that only changed probably, like, six or th three to six months ago where we started, like, actually documenting, like, how we make our videos now. That's, yeah, and so it's, like, our one-minute videos uh, now have, like, a system to it, whether people realize it or not. Like, we, we'll film, like, an audio interview of the subject and then, um, like, shoot B-roll based on that stuff. And yeah. then like yeah that's how it works but that's good that's good um actually I, I don't you don't you guys have photos that are like also the same way 
like systemized? Like you have like a preset? Yeah, we have like presets that yeah. we use. That you won't sell? No. Well, and, <laughs> and it's not just like we bought a preset. It's uh, no, no, within you, Lightroom, you, you can yeah. turn your editing. Like let's say I were to edit a photo. I could take all of the settings from that edit and turn it into a preset. So after like years of, I've, I made my first preset. And then after, you know, as I was progressing, I saw myself doing the same changes every single time to the exposure, the saturation, whatever. Yeah. And then just constantly updating that preset to where it is right now, where it's just like my premier peak of editing abilities, I yep. guess. And it, yeah, a preset is basically a system at the end of the day. Like, cause we could, ed Mike could edit that video, that photo the same way every single time, but it would take him 15 20 minutes on each photo maybe going through and manually getting it to that point uh -huh. so making and a, a lot preset. of time like the lighting conditions are the exact same yeah uh -huh. like if, if we were like shooting on this balcony i'm shooting over there i'm shooting over here i'm shooting over here usually you can get away with using the same edit because yeah you're not going far uh -huh. but yeah those are those are some of like the things that we've learned in the past few months of especially being a part of the 2x program is like systemizing things and doing it that way kind of like getting outside of the business more and not being in it right and, and like that's been our goal from the very beginning with temple mill was I like remember, yeah. making it be more than just truman and mike and it's like i feel like we're getting to that point finally we got dylan here shout out dylan shout out dylan and so we want it to be more so a brand that people can trust where they're like oh yeah temple mill they they do like good work and like, i know that when i work with temple mill they're gonna come through every time and i'm gonna be satisfied with the video yeah mm -hmm. because i'm just as confident in the temple mill team as the temple mill team is in themselves that they can because if we have all of our systems everything down to a t Dude, every time we go into a shoot, 100% confident. I'm like, I know that we're going to, I know exactly what we're going to do. I know exactly how I'm going to edit it. I know exactly how the video is going to look in my head. Yeah. And the more we have a game plan coming into it, the better it is. Like, um, if going back to when we were with Gerard, we would just like film a bunch of stuff and then like throw it all on a timeline in Premiere and then just kind of like drag and drop stuff. But yeah. now we have like more of a system, like we'll shoot things a certain uh, way shoot things a certain way like well like now we with other clients we've implemented a uh, like a storyboard thing where we s share with them an excel spreadsheet of exactly how it's going to be oh wow and then we um like we do a loom uh, or a zoom call with them and go over it and then so we're all on the same page and then just knock it out like shot by shot and then when we go into editing throw that all in chronologically and then we just like cut out certain things like at the beginning and ends of the clips yeah throw on the music b-roll color grade it and what we've been like, doing is like while i've been editing videos i'm just screen recording the entire time perfect so it's like two hour sessions of from start to finish me like editing a video and so then we're just gonna break that up into internal training videos that we can use for our team it's like this is exactly what you do yeah. it, you shouldn't get confused uh -huh. it's like the same every time even yeah. with like the last time we were out here filming with austin we filmed like you know 10 of those like facebook videos I edited the first one and then did a, a loom video of me going through um, like screen sharing, mm -hmm. recording a video saying like, this is what I did, blah, blah, blah. And I sent that to Dylan. And since all those videos were almost the same, he could just knock those out. He did like them all in a day, crushed it. Yeah. Damn. And Shout so out to it's Dylan. like, and that felt so good. Cause it was like, we have, we're starting to build a team and that's like so cool to be able to like, 
just be able to edit videos like i'm not editing them anymore but like we got a team doing it yeah it's like just, and that's because your system is like incredibly rock solid like yeah you have a repeatable process of like excellence mm-hmm. you know that you that you guys created that you can now give to anybody else yeah i mean that's why when when we did that shot like that was the first time ever that like i had somebody else right go ahead and, uh-huh. and kind of yeah. like do the b-roll and stuff uh-huh. um and it was good. It yeah. Came out great. Yeah, I appreciate you like trusting us enough to let that happen because that was like the first time. It's obviously gonna improve and get better over time too. Yeah. But it was like we had to, like, uh, you, you were the best one to do that first with because you've been with us for the longest time. You know. Day yeah, one. I, I, actually, have I? Because you, how long were you guys with Gerard? Well, but like so you guys were with Gerard every really, day, though. We don't really yeah. consider Gerard like a client, so to speak. Like he was at some points, but like you are our first like client as Temple Mill, pretty much. Mm. So that's yeah. super dope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so okay, wait. Uh, how did you first find out about us through Gerard? Yeah. Um. I mean, Gerard had a, a even now Gerard has probably the, the sickest content on mm-hmm. IG, mm-hmm. right? Every, I mean, he like his Instagram stories, his Facebook, I mean, not Facebook, his Instagram videos. Like, um, he just he can tell a really good story, and the people behind that that take you know take the videos and and do all that stuff, do re- a really good job of like sharing mm-hmm. showcasing mm-hmm. that. And before it was his team, now it was you guys. Yeah. yeah. Right. So um, when you were inspiring and growing Gerard's account, like naturally through the video videos and stuff like that. I mean, I was one of those followers, right? So I checked that out. I'm like, who in the world does this stuff? Yeah. Because like, Gerard can ex- inspire through a video so powerfully. But I'm like, but it's the guys behind the camera. Like somebody's writing the script, and if it's not, then they're making it look epic, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I found you first. Yeah. I think I think it was. And then I, I checked out your page, and I saw a bunch of video, uh, like photo- like photography, mainly of like you shooting your girlfriend and then yeah. other people. And I'm like, damn, this is sick. Like uh-huh. I love his theme. That's that's Thank like because <laughs> yeah. there's a bunch of people that do uh-huh. videos, yeah. but I love themes, certain themes, right? Yeah. And I love yours. I take mm-hmm. that seriously. I always have like even with like the connecting creators Instagram page, I built out like two months worth of content yeah. in you know a planning app so that I can specifically plan out the feed so that it fits and it yeah. looks well on a grid display. Yeah, Mike's one of the best when it comes to developing feeds. Thank you. Appreciate I, that. I believe it. Uh, Thank you, guys. Yeah. And then I, I don't know. I think I saw your videos, though. I, I don't I don't know if you you were the ones that helped him out with it, but it was the one where you used, like, two Big Sean songs. Oh, yeah. Um, Bigger yeah. Than Me yeah. was one of them, and uh-huh. then the other one. Was that all you? I don't know. What? Yeah. Bigger Than Yeah, that was true for yeah. sure. Oh, man, I fell in love with that video. Uh-huh. Drew would drop the bangers that like just hit. Truman dropped the one minute bangers really hit emotions. <laughs> yeah, mine were like not as like systemized or like like I would just have random bursts of uh, creativity and like knock one out in a day, but like and then have a dry spell for like a month and a half, and like like I was doing a lot of the founders uh, work as well, like filming the C to scale stuff as well, and like LCL. Mike was. Mainly, I was focusing was on like in on like the one minute videos. Like a lot of our uh, how we do one minute videos now comes from that era of when Mike was just knocking them out. Because like, we would come out to L.A. for like a week and a half or two weeks, and so we come out here and I was just doing like one a day. Like I'd film it, stay up, edit it, go to sleep. Next so day, crazy. film another, edit it, and Bro, they were I all wait. just like. I still wish I had some of my favorite ones. I wish I had old like Mikey and Truman, <laughs> like when you guys were first starting out yeah. and shit. Because you guys like, dude, I mean, dude it was an hustled, every day, hustled. bro. At the peak, when I was like 
you know, posting on Gerard's Instagram and we were doing three to five original stories a day. So each Instagram story is like handmade in premiere by me and Truman animating the titles, background, finding a theme. Um, So three to five of those a day and then three feed posts a day. And then we had, you know, Facebook, YouTube, and pretty much everything was just between, at least on the management side, me and True were doing Jeff was, Jeff, is, Jeff was like leaders create leaders was right. like his thing and he still you know helped with a lot of stuff and Jeff's like a mentor to both of us but um his main focus was leaders create leaders and then it was like social media was mine mm-hmm. and Truman's was like yeah. Facebook slash founders I'm gonna switch it up um what's okay here's a question so what is your take on like the whole entrepreneurial space right now? Like, what, what do you think people are on the right track? Like people that are on Instagram or things like that. Like, what's your feel on it? Um, <laughs> it's kind of weird because I kind of feel like I've been doing this forever, even though I haven't been. I'm still like a newcomer, you know. But I still feel like, damn, as the years go by, so many people try out entrepreneurship. Like, it, it's increasing daily, you know. Um. I think that there is this like glorified thing where people see, I mean, because people see like this stuff, yeah, I right? Mean, just how it is right now. But ninety percent of the time, we're locked in a room yep. on our computer doing work. Literally, we th- yeah, we talked about that just the other day. How like, um, you know, people look at our feeds or whatever, and it's like they don't even know like that we're just sitting in, on a laptop screen. Right now, hunched over. Yeah, and my my Instagram <laughs> is like point oh one percent of my life yep. where you yeah. see all that stuff then the other 99.9% is just me in my room editing videos yeah. and photos in like a little uh, <laughs> blankets everywhere got my hoodie on yeah. like <laughs> on my shoulder yep <laughs> McDonald's burger on the left yeah. like <laughs> I feel you I yeah. feel you okay yeah. so um, gonna start to kind of wrap this up it's getting a little dark here uh, yeah. hopefully the background looks sick how's it look Dylan pretty good some bokeh it's beautiful out here. It feels amazing. It's a little cloudy. Yep. Um, so something that we talked about a bit in the last episode of the podcast, we recorded with uh, Quinn, who is a expert of social media. He's an amazing photographer. And uh, we were talking about the subject of, like, mentors. And uh, specifically, like, he uh, – paid like $5,000 to go on this expedition in Greenland to in work one-on-one with a photographer. And he yeah. said like, you know, it was extremely beneficial. And I know that you're an advocate for investing into yourself in like courses, whether it's like business, stuff like that. And so I guess the question is like, one, like what is your stance on like investing thousands of dollars into courses from mentors and who are some of your uh, mentors from the past or even currently? For sure. So, yeah, I'm a big advocate. Big, big, big advocate. Um, and the reason for that is because every time that I do invest, I always, like, either learn something new or they really, like, truly help me out, right? You're going to spend that money anyways. Yeah. Whether it's going to be on burgers, whether it's going to be on girls, whether it's going to be on trips, you're going to spend it anyways. Why not spend it to advance your career, advance your life? Um, so there's been, like, really only two mentors in my life that I've really had. One is Sterling. So Sterling Griffin. Um, Austin knows him, but he's essentially, he helped me make like my first like $90,000 in my first 15 days of wow. like starting with him. Yeah. So I was like ecstatic, right? Yeah. Um, he really helped me kind of get into the first, the CEO mindset and stuff. And then that's when I was kind of building out the team. 
Um, but Austin has been like Austin and his team. I don't really speak to Austin much. I speak more to his yeah. team. Yeah. Uh, but still, he has that repeatable process of like excellence, where like, yo, know, they're helping me out a ton. Like the past ninety days that I've you know been working with them, everything has changed. I had a t- full blown team, lost everyone. Um, like it's it's been inc- like crazy, crazy, crazy. But it's only been for the better though, because now um, I look at business completely different. I used to look at it like from like the lens of like a creator, you know. Oh, I want to get them PR. I want to get them on the on TV. All this type of stuff. I want to get the like, you know, as a like a. I love my work, and the same way you guys love your work. And then you figure out like you need to do a bunch of other stuff, and now you see it differently to where like, I love my life as well. You know, I don't want to be. I don't want forty years of my life to be huddled up in a blanket and a hoodie and doing work on a computer. You know, like that's not life. And most people think they want that. They really don't. Yeah. So have you like shifted more from providing a, I mean, this has happened over the years, right? For you, like uh, shift, shifting from you providing the PR yourself to building kind of a system. Yeah. I know that you're kind of like working on that aspect of it. It's like uh, some kind of repeatable, like kind of like a program where they come in and it's like, because you have like the base camp going and it's like more systemized. And yeah. Things like that. Yep. I feel like that's definitely the move. It is. It is. Like, the same way that you guys have the system of, like, the one-minute video, now, if somebody comes in, like, as long as I have somebody to take care of it, there's no way they can't get a result now. No way. Like, the only thing we do is, like, guaranteed stuff now. Yeah. Right? That's We're not, so awesome. Yeah. So, like, um, I'm out of the picture, Mount Moore, but there's been so much more results than if I were ever in the picture, like, doing the doing the actual work. I bet that's so fulfilling. It is. See, like, that happen. It is. You see that vision come alive. You know, like how you guys are talking about, like, you want to see Temple Mill grow. Like, once you start seeing it grow, it's so addicting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, dude. Honestly. And we, I feel the same way about being in the 2X program the last, like, we've been in it for, like, 60-ish days now. Yeah. And, you know, we, like, set goals. We didn't quite hit the goal that we were shooting for. However, we had, like, the best month that we've had all year. And so it's like, you shoot for the stars, you land on the moon. Yeah, it's kind of like you, uh, analogy would be like you're in a room and it's like you you kind of feel like you understand the room pretty well. And then you see that there's a door over there. You go open up and it's like a whole other room of things you need to know. Like, what? (laughs) And then like you're going to go into that room and then you're going to learn everything you need to know there. You're going to find this other secret door. You're like, okay, like this is just never ending. Like it's just going to be continuing, continue you continually leveling up yeah and keep learning and growing and but it's it's humbling too because you realize how much you don't know like there's like things that you don't know and things that you know that you don't or things that you don't know that you don't know and it's just very but it's like fulfilling too to be able to keep evolving yeah that progress keeps you alive you know once you feel stagnant you feel like like life sucks Uh uh-huh 100%. 100%. Dude, uh, yeah, that's 100% it. I was literally, I was like, yo, uh, to wrap up this interview, what would be like a great piece of advice to leave with the Connecting Creators audience? But I think what you just said is amazing of, you know, don't be stagnant. You know, it's like, yeah. it was my favorite quote from Phil Knight where, you know, he pretty much says, the gist of it is just don't stop. Yeah. Keep going, you know, and... That's been a lesson that's like helped True and I with Temple Mill getting through issues and it's helped me personally with just like, 
you know, it's not easy being an entrepreneur. Yeah. It's yeah. lonely. Yeah. It's hard. It's like long late nights. It's like doing stuff that I don't want to do sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's worth it. Yeah. That's an, yeah. That's just like another thing that's people don't realize how much of this things that you don't want to do. Yeah. And like, but you have to be willing to do them to be able to get to the point where you don't have to ever do them. Again, yes. You know, that's the key right there. Yeah. And that's like the thing that's motivating about a system is like now I'm thinking of it as like. All I need to do is do this perfectly one time. Yes. Yep. And then systemize it. I don't ever need to really think about it again once I get that thing nailed. Well, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience? That's it. I think you covered it. Dude. You threw in the last golden nuggets right there. Yeah. And, like, the way that we want to do these podcasts are, like, this isn't going to be the last time that you're on the podcast. Of course. This is kind of just introducing the audience to you, and then we're going to periodically can't even talk after that 10-hour <laughs> drive. <laughs> uh, been on the road all day. We're, we're going to have you on every once in a while, give people some updates, share more of what's going on in your life and business. Cool. Yeah. So, sure. Sig, man. Appreciate you, Ulysses. It's sick to oh. be out here. Hollywood Hills. Damn it. I feel like I miss <laughs> both of so you guys. Dark. There. That's there better. All right. all right. Dope. Catch you guys later. Catch you guys later. Catch you guys later. <laughs>